Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. once borrowed a horse from a preacher and the preacher told him there's a special thing about this horse that you should know you have to say thank you lord to make it go and amen to make it stop anxious to get where he is going the man said sure okay and he got on the horse and so he said thank you lord and the horse started walking a bit later he says thank you lord thank you lord and the horse started trotting Feeling really brave, the man said, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the horse started galloping in a full run. About then, he looks ahead, and he realizes that he's heading for a huge cliff. And he yells, Whoa! But the horse didn't slow. He yells again, Whoa! And he pulls on its reins. Now the cliff is coming up quick. And he's doing everything he can to make the horse stop. Whoa! Stop! Hold on! And finally he remembers, Amen! And the horse stops a mere foot from the cliff's edge, almost throwing him over its head. The man, panting and heart racing, wipes the sweat from his face, leans back in the saddle, looks up into the air, and says with relief, Thank you, Lord. The blessed hope of the rapture and all the hope and all the assurance that we have in Christ makes you want to say, thank you, Lord. That's what the grace of God is to do in our lives. That's how we're transformed by grace. That we live out of gratitude for what the Lord has done for us. And out of that gratitude, the Lord wants us to willingly serve Him, willingly follow Him, willingly live for Him. The rapture is all grace. Possibly not dying. Meeting Christ in the air. Being reunited with our loved ones. Going to heaven. Forever with the Lord. Being delivered from the wrath of the tribulation. All of that is by God's grace and His kindness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. The reason Paul writes, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, is because the truth of the rapture is based on a special divine revelation revealed to the Apostle Paul alone by the risen, exalted Christ from heaven. In 1 Corinthians 15:51, Paul says regarding the rapture, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That word mystery doesn't imply something mysterious or complicated. It means something once hidden that is now fully revealed. The rapture was something once hidden in the mind of God until it was fully revealed to Paul and to Paul alone in first. The truth of the rapture being a new revelation revealed first and only to Paul teaches us that it was unrevealed before Paul, that the rapture is not found in the Old Testament or the four Gospels. 
It teaches that no Old Testament prophecy and no other writer of Scripture speaks of the rapture or the catching away of the church, the body of Christ, to heaven. That teaches us that Matthew 24 is not talking about this return of Christ. Matthew 24 is teaching about Christ's second coming to Israel after the seven-year tribulation. Only the Apostle Paul in his writings, Romans to Philemon, teaches about the rapture. Any reference to the Lord's coming to this world outside of the letters of Paul is a reference to his first or second coming to Israel. There is a lot of confusion concerning the two comings of Christ in the future, but all is made clear when we rightly divide the word of truth and recognize that God has two programs, one for the church, the body of Christ, with a heavenly hope, and one for the nation of Israel with an earthly hope. Coinciding with this, the Bible teaches that there are two more comings of Christ, one for the church, the body of Christ, before the tribulation period, called the rapture, to take believers in the body of Christ to heaven, and one seven years later, after the tribulation, for the nation of Israel, called the second coming, to establish Christ's kingdom on this earth. Being unrevealed before, this truth of the rapture necessitated a new revelation by the word of the Lord. Thus the Lord directly revealed to Paul what would happen to the church at the close of this age of grace. And by the word of the Lord, Christ revealed to Paul the following details of his coming for the body of Christ. The first thing we learn about in verse 15 is that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent or precede, literally, them which are asleep. Addressing the concern of the Thessalonians about their saved loved ones who had died, Paul informs them that not only will those who had already died not miss the rapture, believers who have died will actually be the first to be raised. The first Christ gathers to himself at the rapture. The living will not go before them or precede them. The living have no advantage over those who have died. They go first before the living. They are experiencing the benefits and joy of being in the presence of Christ right now at all times. And when the rapture occurs, they will be taken care of first, like we who love them would want. Notice that Paul uses the pronoun we, we which are alive and remain. First, the we means that he's speaking to the church, the body of Christ, and that this truth of believers being caught up to heaven at the rapture is exclusive to the body of Christ, those who believe what verse 14 says, that Jesus died and rose again. Second, the we shows that the rapture has been and is always an imminent hope for the body of Christ throughout the duration of the dispensation of grace. Paul and the Thessalonians expected it any time in their lifetimes. And we are to expect it any time now during our lifetimes. It's like the story of the farmer whose old grandfather clock went haywire and chimed 16 times one midnight. Awake and hearing this, he jumped up and yelled to his wife, Wake up, Nellie! It's later than it's ever been before! 
looking at the trends of the last days described by Paul in First and Second Timothy, it's easy to believe how it's later than it's ever been before that we could be living in the last days of this dispensation of grace and that the Lord may be coming very, very soon. The way Christ revealed the truth of the rapture shows that He wants us, the church, to always live with expectation and anticipation that He could come in my lifetime. And thus the old statement, I'm not looking for the undertaker, I'm looking for the upper taker, is a good way for us to live and is how we should live our lives. We are to continually be looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that continual expectation is to drive us in the church to live for Him, to live for the eternal, to live for His glory. To live like people who every day of their lives know that we might stand before the great God and our Savior. And then we should do what one person said, I'm looking for the Lord every day, and I'm hustling to get the chores He wants me to do done before He gets here. And that's being rapture ready. It's also important to point out that with the imminent hope of the rapture, that it is absolutely wrong. It is error. It is false teaching to set a date for the rapture. Anyone who does so should not be trusted. Then what they say and any date that they set should immediately be dismissed. Except God Himself, nobody knows when the rapture will take place. All we know is that every single day is a possible day. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. God's Pumpkin is a gospel tract to reach the lost for Christ, written by Pastor Kevin Sadler, president of the Berean Bible Society. God's Pumpkin is the perfect fall gospel tract. Pastor Kevin takes the word pumpkin and explains the gospel of salvation in a clear and concise way using God's Word. God's Pumpkin is sold in packs of 10. To order, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, Call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 reads, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Christ is in heaven. He is exalted and glorified and on the throne, seated at the right hand of God. At the rapture, He will lovingly and graciously descend 
come down from his exalted position in heaven to the earth. Himself here in verse 16 is prominent. It's emphatic in the original Greek. The Lord himself is personally coming for us. We won't just meet an agent of the Savior, not a representative, not a messenger of the Lord. We won't just be greeted by an angel or a host of angels or by high-ranking angels. The Savior Himself will come. It will be a personal, dramatic, unmistakable coming of the Lord Himself. He cares that much for you and for me that He wants to meet you and me in the air. And we learn that there will be three sounds at the rapture. The Lord's shout, the sound of the trumpet, and the voice of the archangel. The shout by the Lord is literally a shout of command. It's a military term. There's a lot of military terminology here in the rapture. And the shout speaks of a command to fall in. It can also speak of a command to stand up. 2 Timothy 2.3 teaches us that we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. At the rapture, Christ comes to call His soldiers home. With authority as Lord and God, Christ shouts a thunderous command at the rapture for those dead bodies to stand up and for all the body of Christ to fall in. When the Lord raised Lazarus from the dead, John eleven forty three says he crowd, cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And it's been rightly pointed out that Christ had to specifically say, Lazarus, come forth, or he would have raised everybody. And so it is when Christ returns, he will issue the shout of command to summon the dead from the graves, But that shout is specific to the members of the body of Christ. But think about that voice, that shout. That voice created the world, the heavens, the stars, and the galaxies, and all things. And by the power of His spoken word, bodies will be raised right out of the ground and they will be changed into a new glorious form fit for all eternity. And the power of the shout of His command will also lift us right up off this earth and catch us away and change us and give us a new body in the twinkling of an eye. And He'll take us directly to heaven. 1 Corinthians 15.52 reads, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. First Thessalonians 4.16 tells us that Christ also comes with the voice of the archangel. Michael is the archangel. In Scripture, Michael is seen as a fighter, and as a defender, and battling Satan. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, during the day of the Lord, he stands up in defense of the children of Israel. In Jude chapter 1, verse 9, we learn about Michael contending with the devil about the body of Moses. In Revelation 12, 7 to 9, during the tribulation, there was war in heaven, it says. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, he was cast out into the earth. Now notice how verse 17 says we are meeting the Lord in the air. 
Then remember that Ephesians 2.2 says Satan is the prince of the power of the air. The air is Satan's sphere. The rapture of the church is a triumphal gathering in open defiance of the devil right in the middle and center of his own stronghold. And I love that about the rapture because it's the Lord showing the devil who is really in control here. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we read that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. So as Christ descends from heaven, shouting his command to call the body of Christ up to himself, Michael's voice is also heard. The voice of the archangel is a call to arms, to military preparedness by, an, by Michael, summoning the angelic host as a military escort to give safe passage for the body as, because the road to glory passes through enemy territory and high heavenly places on our way to heaven. And Satan and his rulers of darkness are not going to be happy about it. And they will fight and battle to hinder the rapture as they fight and to do that with all of God's plans and purposes to try to hinder them. And there will be a strong effort made on the part of the devil and his demons who control the air to stop what could never be stopped. Our catching away to heaven by our great God and Savior. The third sound that is heard is the trump of God. And to make sure those who are asleep wake up, Christ gives a shout, and the trump of God also sounds. This is the ultimate wake-up call. The trump is called the last trump in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-two, And that verse, last, means last in a point of time. Pastor C.R. Stam, the founder of Bream Bible Society, wrote this. The term, the last trump, is a military expression denoting the trumpet, which is sounded at the last for the close of this dispensation. So the trump of God will sound, which signifies the close of this program and the dispensation of grace and the call the soldiers of Christ and God's ambassadors home. Trumpets are all over the Bible, and they have all kinds of different meanings. They were used for celebrations, triumphs, announcements, and assembling people. And I believe this trumpet is also a trumpet of assembly, calling the body of Christ together to the Lord in heaven for all of us to gather and assemble together in one place forever in heaven. And Paul then says, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And you got to love that phrase, dead in Christ. Because once you're in Christ, you're always in Christ. Whether you're alive or dead, you are in Christ. As Romans 14.8 says, Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Paul says in Romans 8 that neither death, nor life, nor anything shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Death cannot separate you 
from the love of God. You live in Christ. You die in Christ. You stay in Christ. You live eternally in Christ. You can never get out of Christ once you're in Christ. And when you die, your soul and spirit, which are in Christ, goes to be with Christ. And then the dead body goes into the grave. And that body lies there in Christ. That body belongs to Christ. At the rapture, Ephesians 1.14 says He will come to redeem the purchased possession. These bodies are His personal and eternal possession. And at the rapture, He will reclaim it from its decomposed dust, raise it back to life, transform it into a glorious body, free forever from sickness, pain. It's raised indestructible in strength and honor to live forever, to die no more, and it will be like Christ's glorious resurrected body. At the rapture, Christ brings the souls of those in heaven with Him And at His command, the bodies rise out of the graves in glory and power. And Christ unites body, soul, and spirit into one being to share His glory and abide in His presence forever. This is good hope. This is good news. This is comfort. This gives strength for our Christian lives. That wife, that husband, your mother your father, that son, daughter, that friend, that dear grandmother, grandfather, brother or sister or cousin who meant so much to me and in my life, who is gone and is with the Lord. We know that every single day we could see them again. They will not miss this great event. In God's kindness, they'll rise first. What will rise out of that grave is a glorified body to meet a glorified spirit to become that eternal person in the image of Christ. And you will live with them in glory forever, never to be separated again. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18 read, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The word Trinity does not appear in your Bible, but its truth is there. The phrase Millennial Kingdom is not found in your Bible, but its truth is there. The word Rapture does not appear in your Bible, but its truth is right here. John Walvoord wrote this, The term rapture itself is derived from the Latin Vulgate translation of the Bible, where in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, the expression caught up is translated from the Latin word rapturo. Rapturo is where we get our English word rapture. And rapturo means to carry off, to catch away by force. Rapturo was used to translate the Greek word in our text, harpazo. And this Greek word means to catch away speedily, to claim for one's own self, to move to a new place, and to rescue from danger. For those who are alive at the rapture, all these things will take place as we're caught up. 
will be caught up quickly. The head of the church, the body of Christ, will claim his church, the body of Christ, for himself. We will be moved from this world to a new place and home in heaven. And we will be rescued from the danger of the seven-year tribulation period. For one generation who is alive at the rapture, they will disappear off the face of the earth. And we will fly away. Like we like to sing in that old song. We will fly away to heaven to be with the Lord forever. And at the same time, we will leave all our troubles and our worries and fears, burdens, sorrows, heartaches, and pains behind. Verse 17 also teaches that we'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. Who is the them? The them is the them of verse 14. Them which sleep in Jesus the souls Christ brings from heaven whose bodies are raised first will be with them. At this moment, the whole body of Christ will be together. All the body, from the first body member, the Apostle Paul, to the last body member, will be together forever. Christ is the reconciler. And in love, He brings together what was separated. We were spiritually separated from God, but He has brought us together with God by the blood of His cross. Physical death separates us from the ones we love, but Christ at the rapture will bring us back together and reunite us with them, with saved spouses, parents, children, and loved ones who've gone on to be with Him. Our movement at the rapture is heavenward. We're caught up. The body will be all together in the clouds. Christ will return in the air. At the rapture, we are given the blessed privilege by grace to meet the Lord. And we will see Him with our own eyes and see Him face to face. And it will be an everlasting meeting. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Paul wrote in verse 18, Comfort one another with these words doctrine, the teaching, the words of God's Word is our source of comfort. Knowing what's coming does that. And then with one another, the mutual understanding, the sharing and joy of these truths with one another in the church is what really brings it home and drives it home to our hearts and gives us comfort. It has been nearly 2,000 years since Paul wrote these inspired words. This should be an encouragement to our generation because the coming of the Lord is that much closer. 2,000 years closer. It's been said about the rapture. If you're not absolutely sure you're ready to fly, you need to get your ticket fast. As long as they are available, they're free. But don't wait. About the time you finally make up your mind, the whole thing could have happened, leaving you looking back instead of up. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Transformed by Grace. Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God, 
For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.